the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Check out monorail.com, America's affordable investment app made for conservatives who want to keep their hard-earned money with companies that share their value. Download the Monorail app today. Join Monorail. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show, coming to you again from Miami, Florida. Cool Miami, Florida, I might add. These are intense days for me. I do the broadcast, then I do two hours each day. Nine days consecutively with Jordan Peterson and six other, I don't know what to say because by saying other, it implies I'm I'm one. I was to say six other scholars, but that sounds a little pompous. And, and five scholars. <laughs> We're doing the book of Exodus for the Daily Wire. Part one is already out at the Daily Wire. They're quite uh, remarkable sessions, actually. I'm, I'm benefiting from being with these people, and I, I can't tell you. This is a lifelong dream of mine to bring the Torah, the five books of Moses, the Pentateuch, the, the first five books of the Bible to the world. And it is not often that you get dreams fulfilled, especially one that is is a rare dream, to put it mildly. And I was on a, a, a Pat the Patrick Bet David podcast that was live. And anyway, it has been a, quite a quite a trip. Here's a story out of Toronto that is a sign of our times. I think that that is the the, the most accurate way to put it. So a a 42-year-old woman came to a Toronto hospital and she apparently did not have a mask on and she was strangled to death by two guards. I know that sounds... uh, 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 Hospital guards. These were not not Toronto police. And... The judge dropped all the charges, did not even allow it to go to trial. Uh, This story I'm reading to you is from the National Post. Two Ontario hospital guards who had been charged in the death of a patient in a Toronto hospital will no longer face trial after a judge made a rare ruling that quashed the case, CBC News reported. Danielle Stephanie Warriner, 43, died at the Toronto General Hospital in May 2020. The two guards, when did the story come out now? This is uh, today. The story is today because it it went before the judge. The actual event happened in May 2020. The two guards, Amanda Rojas Silva, 42, and Shane Hutley, 35, had been charged with manslaughter. It's on video. It's so obvious that they are guilty of manslaughter. 
and criminal negligence. But on November 22, a judge said there wasn't enough evidence presented at the preliminary hearing to proceed to trial, despite video footage and witness testimony. My first reaction was shock and horror. Warrener's sister, Denise, told CBC News, there's been no accountability and there's a gaping hole in my heart. Well, Denise, there is a gaping hole in my heart, too. The callousness of the bureaucracy at work. Amazing. It is an amazing story, actually. She didn't wear a mask, and they choked her to death. And there's video of it. They are more definitely, from the videos, let's put it that way, given the fentanyl, the amount of fentanyl in George Floyd, and we know a lot more about fentanyl's fatality right now than even then, and that it was, I think, three times the amount that leads to death uh, in a human being in George Floyd. And given that this woman had no fentanyl in her, of which we are aware, and what we see in the two videos, it is more obvious that they killed her in Toronto than that Derek Chauvin killed George Floyd. He may have killed George Floyd. I'm merely talking about what one knows from the data and the evidence. Warrener had gone to the hospital with a cough and shortness of breath on May 10, 2020. She suffered from chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPID, COPD, and when she arrived, she was treated as though she was COVID positive, CBC reported. And that is the end of the story as reported by the National Post. There was another horrific story, if I remember, from Canada where people were not allowed to visit a dying relative, a mother in this case, I believe it was. They were not even allowed to knock on her window from outside either the nursing home or the hospital. I don't recall which it was. The amount of cruelty that we have witnessed uh, in the name of safety and health is well worth your uh, being aware of. The CBC report, guards cleared in hospital death of Stephanie Warriner. And this is this young woman. Surprise move, even the CBC, the left-wing CBC, acknowledges it's, it's, a, it's a surprise move. There won't be a child leaving family blindsided. How come they never give these judges names that are so morally corrupt? I, I don't get it. Just say a judge. I don't. I, I really. I don't get it. Danielle Stephanie Warner sits alone in the Toronto hospital lobby, wearing little more than a pale blue medical gown. Moments later, she's wheeled by away by guards. Her slight frame slumped in a wheelchair, her legs dangling from the edge. What happens in between isn't captured on video. Instead, a security camera was purposely turned away 
as guards approached the 43-year-old, pushed her against the wall and restrained her on the ground. Isn't that interesting? I didn't know about that. This is in the CBC report that the hospital cameras were deliberately turned away from what they did to this woman. Wow. It's very painful to think of what has happened to the medical profession. It is so much of it has become cruel. Not only not helpful, but cruel. Instead, a security camera was purposely turned away as guards approached the 43-year-old, pushed her against the wall, and restrained her on the ground before she lost consciousness, never to regain it. Those scenes are part of the evidence that would have been heard at the trial of the guards charged in Warrener's death. Now that won't happen in a surprise move by an Ontario judge. The case against the guards has been quashed, and the trial that was supposed to begin this May struck from the docket. It's astonishing. You can kill uh, patients who don't wear masks in hospitals. That's the message. Remember when I said to you that the unvaccinated at at a given time were the most hated group, as, as hated as... Uh, as much a villain in society, or even more so than the AIDS patients were in the 80s. And, of course, the left, which believes it has a monopoly on victimhood. Nobody else can be a victim. You know, attacked me vociferously like I care. When they attack me, it just confirms for me that I probably said something true. But uh, it was it was widely attacked the notion. But of course, but of course, it was true. The amount of laws passed against the unvaccinated get, uh, was much greater than any laws passed against AIDS patients. And I'm not uh, saying. I, in fact, my whole point was that attacks, not even physical attacks, just attacks or the isolation of AIDS patients for contempt was wrong. All I, all I said was that this is something that happened to the unvaccinated, or in this case, the maskless. Sheep do not like outliers. One of the laws of life from The Dennis Prager Show. The Dennis Prager Show. The best-selling Eden Pure Thunderstorm air purifier uses proven oxy technology that quickly destroys viruses, odors, mold, and so much more. With over 265,000 units already sold, you know it works. Works in my house. Any smell will vanish after just a few seconds with the thunderstorm being on. Odors from litter boxes, trash cans, cigarette smoke, dirty diapers, and more are no match. Best of all, no filters are needed. Saves you money and effort. Right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for whole home protection. You'll get three units for under $200. Put one in your basement, bedroom, family room, kitchen, or anywhere you need clean, fresh air. The thunderstorm is nearly silent and takes up no floor space. It plugs directly into your wall. Don't breathe dirty air again. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Put in discount code PRAGER3 to save $200. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Discount code PRAGER3. Shipping is free.
So anyway, I, I'm done with that story. The guard that turned the camera away so that the video of what the two guards did to the hospital guards did to this woman, who, who she had the mask on, but not properly. She wanted to leave the hospital. She didn't even have COVID. And they killed her. Simple as that. Even the CBC acknowledges they killed her. And a judge just ruled that they can't even allow the trial to go forth. The corrupt judiciary of left-wing judges is really reminds me of judges under tyrants in Europe uh, in the 20th century. They're not there for to promote justice. They're there to promote ideology. We got a fight on our hands, but what else is new, huh? 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 What, what else is new? We have a fight on our hand for the fight for goodness. Every generation has to fight for goodness. Evil is the same, weak, foolish, cowardly, sheep-like, The difference is only the manifestation in some cases, or the reasons for it. But it's human. Well, I'm going to spend a lot of time on a piece in Real Clear Politics. Joel Kutkin, the rise of the single woke female. SWF used to mean single white female, now it's single woke female. Not not uh, very different because most of the woke are white. But the actual title of the piece is The Rise of the Single Woke, in parentheses, and Young Democratic Female. This article is a confirmation of things I have been telling you for 40 years. Soccer moms are giving way to single woke females, the new SWFs, as one of the most potent voting blocks in American politics. Unmarried women without children have been moving toward the Democratic Party for several years, but the 2022 elections may have been their electoral coming out party as they proved the chief break on the predicted Republican wave. Wow. Single women without children. I've talked to you about the the uh, disproportionate damage that women are doing in our society, like in the transgender treatment of young kids who say that they are the opposite sex and then ruining their lives with uh, with hormones or hormone-blocking drugs, in some cases performing horrific surgeries, mostly on girls, like surgically removing their breasts because they say they're a boy. This is, I, I very rarely make predictions but I will make a prediction now. In about within about ten years, not not longer than that, there will be a wave of young people, 
So at that time, oh, about 30, 35, who will regret the self-destructive, idiotic idea that they will mutilate their bodies because they think they're the other sex. And they will sue the despicable doctors uh, who and hospitals that took part in their mutilation. More in America than any other country on earth. Nobody mutilates young children as much as America does. Canada might be close, uh, but uh, we're, we're the leader in the world. There really is today an American exceptionalism, but it is on the side of evil. I never thought I would say anything like that. But they will sue them. They will hopefully uh, be sued and win. And some of these people should go to prison. You uh, should not be allowed to get away with ideological mutilation any more than those who mutilate Muslim girls in what are known as clitoridectomies for their ideology. Back to unmarried women without children, single women without children. No husband, no child is now the single most firm left-wing group in the United States. Not surprising. For those of you who wonder, gee, do women need men? Here's your answer. Unless you think this is a healthy specimen of the human species. While married men and women, as well as unmarried men, broke for the GOP, CNN exit polls found that 68% of unmarried women voted for Democrats. That's more than two-thirds. Two-thirds of unmarried women voted left. Single childless women are joining African Americans. I can't believe, why would he write African Americans? The term was always idiotic, and now even the left doesn't like the term. So who's he impressing? And he's a great guy, Joel Kotkin. If I have him on, I'm going to say, Joel, please, the word is black. Childless women are joining African Americans as the Democrats' most reliable supporters. Gee, that's not a shock, is it? Hmm. No wonder the left doesn't promote marriage. They lose voters. Yeah, the healthier your life, the less narcissistic, the less likely you are to vote Democrat. We return. Every day when I pass a mirror, I still can't believe it. It's me. I'm looking back at myself. I never thought I'd be this fit again. But 42 pounds ago, I decided to take control of my health. And with the help of my Ph.D. weight loss and nutrition, I'm so glad I did. The program is simple. Dr. Ashley Lucas and her amazing team customize a plan for your body to make it simple. They even provide 80% of your food at no additional cost. They treat your entire person as one. Dr. Ashley believes that all change starts with the mind. She'll help you to change your behavior when it comes to food and think differently about food so you'll never gain the weight back. Give them a call right now at 864-644-1900. 
and they can answer all your questions. If I can do it, you can do it. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. If you're a woman without a husband and without a child, two to one odds, it's enormous. More than two-thirds of you will vote Democrat. It's one of the reasons, it's not the only reason at all, that the, the Democrats and the left don't promote marriage and children. The more women who marry and have children, the fewer votes, votes they get. Isn't that beautiful? I pointed this out decades ago, that the happier and healthier a human, the worse it is for the left. The left cultivates unhappy, ungrateful humans because those are its voters. Everyone knows conservatives are happier than liberals to begin with. And the further left you go, the more bitter and angry, and I might add intellectually shallow, you are. And that's the vote. The intellectually shallow, the feelings-based narcissist is the major component of the left. Nothing knocks out narcissism like marriage and children. Nothing. Religion helps as well, I might add. They're not fond of religion either. So if uh, if one of the two major parties of the country is dependent upon unhappy Americans... You think the happiness quotient will increase in the United States? Again, single childless women are joining African Americans and I would say blacks, but he wrote African Americans and I have to read what he wrote. As the Democrats' most reliable supporters. Wow. That's why it is critical to tell blacks that whites are racist because a happy black is a Republican. A non-victimized black is a Republican. A non-victimized anybody. Their power is growing thanks to the demographic wins. The number of never-married women has grown from about 20% in 1950 to over 30% in 2022, while the percentage of married women has declined from almost 70, 70% in 1950 to under 50% today. Well, this is all tragic. In fact, I was reading another article that the economic future of the United States is in great jeopardy because we're not reproducing. So then we really will have to import vast numbers of human beings just to support the social welfare state because there won't be enough young people working to put in taxes to support the old people who get those benefits. Everything the left touches, it ruins. Remember that, and you understand modern life. Overall, the percentage of married households with children has declined from 37% in 1976 to 21% today. One out of five households consists of married parents and children. 
A new Institute for Family Studies Analysis of 2020 census data found that one in six women do not have children by the time they reach the end of their child-bearing years, up from one in ten in 1990. That's 1990, which was way up from 1950. One in six women reaching the end of her child-bearing years doesn't have a child. Single adult women now total some 42 million. There are 42 million single adult women in the United States. I'm dazzled by that statistic. Compared to the African American, or in English, black, voting block of 46 million. It's virtually identical. Wow. So between single unmarried, well, that's uh, single adult, so I should say, not married, single means unmarried. Between single women and blacks, you have 88 million people. It is astonishing Republicans win any elections. Just astonishing. That's why it is so critical to keep blacks believing whites are racist and the Democrats will save them. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a small retail business almost $80,000. COVIDtaxrelief.org got a manufacturing business nearly $250,000. And COVIDtaxrelief.org just got a large distribution business almost $900,000. If you run a business, church, or nonprofit and paid your employees through all or part of the pandemic, you could qualify for up to $26,000 per employee through the government's CARES Act. But beware of clickbait or pay-up-front companies that make you do the work and take a huge percentage of your refund. COVIDtaxrelief.org receives a low, reasonable commission only after you receive your refund. And with 300 CPAs and tax experts, no one is better at getting you the maximum benefit than COVIDtaxrelief.org. Visit COVIDtaxrelief.org now because this plan expires soon. That's COVIDtaxrelief.org, COVIDtaxrelief.org. Refund examples are not a guarantee and not all businesses qualify. All right, everybody, welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. I hope you had a good weekend. <laughs> you didn't expect that, did you? Even I didn't expect it. It really uh, it just popped out. Hey, I want to uh, I want to repeat a line a caller <laughs> caller provided last hour. I'm reading to you a very important article about the changing American voter, and I will recap and then continue with it. It is so significant; it explains so much about life in America today. So, I want to thank you. I. I I'm sorry, you what you have it? What is it? You have his saying it? Is that what you're saying, Sean? All right. I actually think all right, I think I committed it to memory when he said it, and I'll see how accurate I am. This is what I wrote 
so that I can keep it for posterity. The older a woman who wants to get married gets, the more men are like parking spaces. The best ones are taken, the rest are handicapped. Let's see if I got it right. The older a woman gets, and if she wants to look for a man, she will find that they are like parking spaces. The best ones are taken, and the rest are handicapped. Yeah, I got it right, pretty much, yeah. That was that was really, uh, that was dark humor, which means that it was true. That's what dark humor represents. Yes. You know, that's an example of something that uh, I I read a number of years ago. I read a piece by a woman. I don't remember. I only remember that it was a woman. I don't remember who it was. It was decades ago. But I know it wasn't my line. She said the left are afraid of, and then she put it in French, les faits de la vie, the facts of life. That's exactly right. That's a perfect example. They're afraid of the fact, I mean, you name name an unpleasant fact of life, like what we just said, what that caller just said and I repeated, and that would be regarded as sexist, Whatever is uncomfortable, the question is not, is it true, is is it painful? And if it's painful, it is dismissed as hateful. That's, that's the way the childish left-wing mind works. If it's true and it's painful, it must be hateful. I continue with uh, the staggering piece that I'm reading to you from Joel Kotkin, the rise of the single, woke, and young democratic female. The the single adult woman block is now 42 million people. The black voting block is 46 million, so you have 88 million blacks and single women. And I assume that a certain number of those blacks are single women, so there is obviously uh, some inclusion of one group in the other, but that's a lot of people. A lot of guaranteed votes, that's why they're... It is essential for the survival of the left in America to keep blacks believing that they're hated and to uh, keep cultivating singlehood as every bit as wonderful, if not even more wonderful, than marriage. And if you get married, not having children is as wonderful, if not more wonderful, than having children. It went on to show that men are far more likely than women to be on dating in the dating market. That's a switch, maybe the first time in history. But it is an interesting question. Do more 30-year-old men, single men, want to get married than 30-year-old single women? That would be the implication of that statistic, but I don't I don't know if that's true. Maybe I should raise that in a male-female hour. Let's put that down. Who, what percentage of single 
women 30 want to get married versus what percentage of single men 30 want to get married? I don't know the answer. Be very curious, however, if, if I don't even know if the answer is available to us. Anyway, the, the more that a woman uh, is like, in other words, the more women who are married and the more married women with children, the more the left is out of power. So a happy, healthy society that is family-based is, is anathema to the left. It's another example of the pathology that is at the heart of leftism. Attitudes are what most distinguish single women from other voters. An American Enterprise Institute survey shows that married men and married women are far more likely than unmarried females to think women are well-treated or equally treated. I read That was the last thing I read to you. Amazing, no? Married women are far more likely to think that women are treated fairly in this society than single women are. The reason is not provided here. I will give it to you. The single woman is, if she is unhappy, and many are, not every single one, but many are, will not blame it on singlehood. She will blame it on America being sexist, patriarchal. Get it? That's it. Whereas the relatively happily married woman will think, I'm lucky to live in such a free society. Yes, if you think you're lucky, you vote Republican. If you think you're unlucky, you vote Democrat. That's the way it works. Sean, get that one down. That was a, that was another good one little phrase. If you think you're lucky, you vote Republican. If you think you're unlucky, you vote Democrat. As they grow in numbers, these discontented younger single women are developing something of a group consciousness. Social observers such as Bella DiPolo, a University of California Santa Barbara professor and singles advocate. That's beautiful. Singles advocate. Well, she's a professor. Are all in favor. As she wrote, it's a tremendously positive thing, exclamation point. Once upon a time, just about everyone in the United States thought that they needed to squeeze themselves into the heterosexual nuclear family box, even if they weren't heterosexual or weren't interested in getting married or had no interest in raising kids. Now people can create the lives and the families that allow them to live their best, most authentic, and most meaningful lives. I'll comment on these words momentarily. They can choose to put friends at the center of their lives, or they can assemble their very own combination of friends and family to be the social convoys. Oh, that's a professorial phrase. You ever in your life use the term social convoys? <laughs> what the hell is a social convoy? That sail beside them as they navigate their lives. They can have kids in their lives without having children of their own. Unquote. This is classic left-wing gobbledygook. They can create the lives and the families that allow them to live their best, most authentic, and most meaningful lives. Really? 
So what exactly is more meaningful than marriage and family in the personal life that she might create? Hmm? Single? Really? Never married, no children, and that's the most authentic? What does it even mean, authentic? What does it mean, authentic? You know what a male's authentic life is? Going from woman to woman. That's an authentic male life. Does our professor DePolo recommend that? What does it mean, authentic? What do, I'm, I'm serious. What does she even mean? True to your nature? Do you really want everybody acting true to their nature? Oh, my God, that's a very scary scenario. This is what I mean, that the university produces no wisdom. Ah, authentic. That's what people argue against me when I say, even if you're not happy, you should try to act it. It's not authentic. You better stop the things you do. Dennis Prager here. Truly significant piece here about what is happening in the United States. Just read to you. I'm reading to you this very long piece by Joel Kotkin at Real Clear Politics. And it, it is about the massive increase in single childless women and how they are overwhelmingly woke and therefore Democrats. There are 42 million single women without children. I assume above the age of 18, maybe 21, I, that, I don't remember it saying. And they, uh, they vote one way because they have been told that the, that is the way for the unhappy to vote victims and they see themselves as victims. The key drivers of these attitudes, the article continues, may be universities. Oh, another shock where feminist ideology often holds powerful sway. Women now predominate on college campuses. In the late 1960s, they were about 39% of college graduates. Now they are about 59%. Wow. Wow. They're approaching two-thirds of college graduates. At 66, they're two-thirds. They're at 59 The percentage of full-time female professors has risen dramatically. At the full professor level, the percentage has grown by roughly one-third. It's a... So you really have the radicalization of campuses and the feminization of campuses are coextensive. Women now earn more than half of advanced degrees, not only in education, where they probably earn two-thirds, not more, but health and medical sciences and are making great strides in engineering and law. With this growth, a feminist agenda has become increasingly de rigueur in colleges. According to the National Center for Education Statistics, the number of women's and gender studies degrees in the United States has increased by more than 300% since 1990. Now let me ask you a question. Do you think America is a better place 
because there are now triple the number of feminist studies and gender studies degree recipients. Because we, we all know how beneficial it is to society that you've got a degree in gender studies or women's studies. Wow. In, nine, in 2015, there were more than 2,000 degrees in these fields conferred. There are widespread movements to establish women's centers almost everywhere. What does that even mean? What is a women's center? Given that they make up almost two-thirds of college graduates, maybe we, meet, we need men's centers. The women's center, there is a word for a women's center. College. Get that one down too, Sean. <laughs> I'm in a uh, creative mood today. What is the word for a women's center? College. Yes. And even as men are abandoning college and university life in record numbers, and those who remain are hit with messaging about behavior and status from diversity, equity, and inclusion offices, along with various student life offices that regularly call them toxic, aggressive, and born misogynists. It's a very big question, what will happen with men. I certainly support anybody's decision not to go to college. The most toxic thing in this country is not masculinity. It's the university. That's toxic. You learn how to be ungrateful. And as I pointed out, and as I was discussing with somebody just last night, the number, the number of people whose adult children won't speak to them after they go to college because they think the parents or they know the parents are conservative and therefore unworthy of, of gratitude. <laughs> well, you know how often I've said you in America today you get a BA in ingratitude, a master's in ingratitude, and a doctorate in ingratitude. It doesn't matter what you study, that's primarily what the degree is in. Yep. As men are abandoning college and university life in record numbers, as I read to you. More recently, anti-family attitudes have become more pronounced. Queer studies often advocate replacing the nuclear family with some form of collectivized child-rearing. Progressive groups like Black Lives Matter made their opposition to the nuclear family a part of their basic original platform, even though evidence shows family breakdown has hurt African-American boys most of all. Doesn't matter. The left's interest in helping blacks is zero. Again, a happy black is a Republican. Research shows that having children tends to make one more conservative. Critically, divorce 
does not change this calculus decisively, although it moderates leftism. Yeah? That's right. Just having children. In other words, as you leave narcissism, preoccupation with self, which is inevitable if you're single. I mean, obviously there are exceptions, but overwhelmingly, of, of course, a life lifelong partnerless life is more narcissistic. It, it, to deny it is to deny the obvious. You're preoccupied with you. Hey folks, a reminder about uh, PragerTopia. If you'd like to have access to all of my broadcasts, or virtually all, male-female hour, happiness hour, ultimate issues hour, the regular hours, all commercial-free, including the, the day of the broadcast, access, share it with others. If you'd like to have access to all of my lectures and all of my courses, it's all available at PragerTopia.com. It's also a terrific gift for anybody who's intellectually inclined and also likes to laugh, because that's pretty important as well. PragerTopia.com. As I resume this really significant piece here, by Joel Kutkin at Real Clear Politics about the changes in America, the, the largest Democratic voting bloc aside from black Americans is unmarried women, 42 unmarried and no children, I might add. Hmm. Having children ch- tends to make one more conservative. Even divorce doesn't change that calculus decisively. And you know why? Because you become less narcissistic. You become happier. You think about others more than just yourself. When you're preoccupied with you, you're far, far more likely to be on the left. This is the data, my friends. This is it's obviously true if you without recourse to data. But here is here is the data or are the data. We are witnessing a sociologist Daniel Bell noted fifty years ago in the coming of the post industrial society, a new type of individualism unmoored from religion and family, something fundamentally transforming the foundation of middle class culture. This echoes what the popular futurist Alvin Toffler in 1970 described as a growing immersion in work at the expense of family life. He envisioned a revolution in marriage that would result in a, quote, streamlined family, unquote. And if children are in the picture relying on professional child raisers, yeah, you know about that. Child care, that's the euphemism. The ideal of long-term marriage would give way, he expected, to more transient relationships and numerous partners at different stages of life. There is also a clear economic divergence between married and unmarried women. Married people account for 77% of all homeowners. 
Wow. So there are really no benefits in general for staying single. Not even economic. Single parent households do far worse. This economic reality impacts political choices. Get this? Not part of an economic familial unit, they tend to look to government for help, whether to for rent subsidies or direct transfers. The pitch of Democratic presidents as reflected in Barack Obama's Life of Julia. You remember that one? I was there. I was there at the Democratic National Convention. They had this big cartoon up of the life of Julia from birth to death. Not a single man entered the picture. It was just Julia and the government. Now Joe Biden's Life of Linda. Another one like that. Narratives that advertise the government's cradle-to-grave assistance for women is geared toward women who never marry, with the occasional child-raising addressed not by family resources, but government transfers. Nice, eh? You vote Democrat, you vote for pathology. You can deny it all you like, you're only lying to yourself. Women predominate in fields that actually benefit from more government spending. That's right. It's another reason that women are on the left. This now includes the once GOP-leaning medical profession. Yes, you know why? Because more and more doctors work for some large corporation, often known as a hospital. They're no longer entrepreneurs. Yeah, these are major, major developments. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager and the Ultimate Issues Hour, third hour every Tuesday. This is so different from every other Ultimate Issues Hour, in that it is prescriptive rather than descriptive, which, when I think about it, doesn't help you in the least, does it? (laughs) Well, let me make this clear then. Ultimate Issues Hour is about an ultimate issue. Are people basically good? Is there a God? Why does religion matter? 
What is the difference between left and right? Capital punishment. Uh, the the list is in the, let's see, how many years am I? About 15 years? What's 15 times 50? 750, wow. So I would say I have about 600 or 500 different subjects. Wow, I would like to see that list. So this one is not about an ultimate issue. It's about an issue. It's a, it's a prescription, which hit me the other day, and I don't believe that I... I certainly didn't spend time on it, if I mentioned it at all on the radio. I do a lot of speaking, of course, outside of radio, and I may have mentioned it in a speech, but I don't even think that's true. So here's, here's I think... The inauguration, the coming out celebration of a suggestion. We talk a lot about the toxicity of our universities. They are sick places. They are morally, intellectually sick. And as a result, many of your children who went there as kind and sweet and open and loving come back bitter, angry, etc. So I have strongly suggested that perhaps you consider not having a kid go to college or choosing very wisely among colleges. But I have a different suggestion now, and I'd like to get your feedback as to what you think of it. So, on the assumption that your child will go to college, I have a suggestion that's fairly new with what to do with your high school graduate or or even during college or college graduate. And perhaps you could make it conditional that if you want me to pay for your college, then I, I have a request from you. And here is my suggestion, the request that I think you should make, or even demand, given that there is economic punch behind your request, so it does get into the arena of demand, admittedly, that you take a year off, and get a job as a waiter or waitress at a restaurant in middle America. That's my suggestion. What do you think of it? While you call in, I will make my case, and you can tell me why it's a good idea or bad idea or Additional reasons you think it's a good idea. One eight Prager seven seven six, eight seven seven two four three triple seven six. So, in no order of importance, it has the following advantages. First of all, by working, as opposed to being in kindergarten, which is what college is. The only difference between college and kindergarten is the age of the kinder. You are immediately having your child grow up. Having to work for a living is grown-up. 
having to sit in a college class is the furtherance of child school, or even, as I said, kindergarten. So that's an immediate, immediate benefit. Because the more mature your child, the less likely he or she is to be brainwashed by the college. Number two, being a waiter or waitress forces you to be nice a a good part of your day. That is a fantastic discipline in life. Having to be nice, having to be cordial, having to learn how to treat strangers with respect and even some degree of happiness. That's incredibly helpful in growing up. What can I do for you today? How's your day? Sure, let me get that. I'll be right back. Everything okay with your meal? Would you like me to uh, bring something else? Would you like a refill on that drink? Number three, it's got to be in Nebraska or Iowa or some other flyover country, as they say. Because if your kid grew up in, in any big city, your kid grew up likely in a cocoon. There is little that is more restrictive than big cities. Big cities are not worldly. That is a common fallacy. I grew up in New York City. I was there through graduate school and three years after graduate school left in my mid-twenties and it was the most insular place that I actually ever lived in or spent time in. And the irony is New Yorkers think they're the most worldly people in the world but it's actually profoundly insular. They know what's going on in New York and they think they know what's going on because they read the New York Times. At any rate, uh, having to relate to Americans outside of big cities, having to relate to people in Nebraska, which I'm just using Nebraska as a fill-in for many other states, would be a massive education and worldly-making after being a waitress in Omaha or Lincoln, let alone even a smaller city in Nebraska, your child is not likely to be as easily brainwashed by the big city fools who teach them at whatever college they will attend. They will be forced to interrelate for the better part of a year make it 10 months if you like, with people who are quite different from them. So there are massive arguments, uh, I think, to be made here on behalf of compelling your child, if you want me to pay for your college, which is a very expensive proposition, I'd like you to work for a year. But I don't want you to work at an equity firm in Manhattan. That's useless. That's the same as college. 
I want you to work as a waiter or waitress. I can't think of, I guess, or even any, maybe any retail operation. I, I, I could be okay ex- expanding that, I think. But I, I believe that there's a uniquely beneficial role in waiting, or in the new, the new term, serving. I don't know why server beats waiter, frankly. Oh, I know why, because server is unisexual. God forbid we should say waiter or waitress and suggest that there are only two sexes. We don't want to do that. That would be old-fashioned. So that's my suggestion. Take a job. Support yourself. Then I'll know that you have earned the right to be supported for four years at an extremely expensive rate that I will at some sacrifice or your other parent and I at some sacrifice will be making to send you to college. Okay, this is the Ultimate Issues Hour, and it's not about an ultimate issue in the usual sense of some philosophical religious theme, but rather a very precise recommendation. You want me to pay for your college, my dear son, my dear daughter? Okay, but I want you to do something for a year. Be a waiter or waitress in Nebraska. Or wherever it might be that isn't major coastal urban ideology. All right, Colleen in Pittsburgh, thanks for holding on. Hello. Hi, hi, Dennis. Great to talk with you. So we followed your advice by accident. Our son uh, graduated from high school and went to community college. He was kind of dual enrolled and finished up during the pandemic and uh, lost his passion for what he had gone and um, to get his associate's degree for and wasn't sure what he wanted to do. And so we said, we're not paying for college. If you don't know what you want to go to college for, we're not going to let you go just to party or because it was COVID just to sit in a dorm room. So he ended up getting a job doing landscaping. He worked for a landscape company and um, then he went and worked for a, um, like a golf course and just got some good practical experience and also realized he did not want to do physical labor for a living. Um, And then he came to us after a year and said, okay, I I think I know what I want to do. Here's where I want to go. Here's, you know, the whole plan. And we said, okay, you can, you know, we'll pay for school now that you had a year off and you've done grub hubbing and all kinds of different stuff to kind of learn what the real world is like. And he went back to school yesterday and I handed him a very large check and said, look at this check. Every time you feel like not going to class, you better remember this check and go to class. And he said, I promise I will. (laughs) So um, it was a good experience for him. And he finished his first semester at age 22 on the dean's list. So it it really worked out. And I agree with your advice wholeheartedly. How did he end up philosophically? So he is very conservative. In fact, he came back after the first semester and he said, these people are crazy. I hope I can last. Um, But he just, he definitely said that it's, it's, a woke campus, and he found a few friends that believe like he does, but he said it's, it's a challenge without a doubt. Did he benefit 
philosophically from the landscaping year? Yes, because the one guy that he worked with, um, he was an ex-convict, and he learned a lot from him on just how consequences happen if you make poor choices. And then when he worked at the golf course, he actually ended up quitting because he was surrounded by some guys who would say very racist things, and he just said he couldn't tolerate that. And he went to his boss and had a really difficult conversation with him explaining why he was leaving. And um, I think it was really good for him to understand his own values and beliefs and to stand up for them. Well, bless you. Thank you for that call. I'm happy for you, to say the least. Okay, let's go to Michigan and Stephen. Hello. Hi, Dennis. Hi. Uh, Hi. I, I worked in uh, several restaurants as a server, as uh, you call it, uh, and uh, had a good time, enjoyed it for the most part, but uh, just happened to be in Ann Arbor, which is a... Uh, very much a liberal bastion of society. Yeah, very uh, much, of course. The University of Michigan, yeah. So, in my case, I was exposed to a lot of very liberal-type people working up there. Um, I I was not a student when I lived up there, but I, uh, you know, just was, you know, even though you would consider Michigan flyover country, it's... uh, still, that that particular city is still... Right, but I I wouldn't... Ann Arbor... And it is really a suburb of Manhattan. Yes, it is. That's very true. But so uh, no, that wouldn't be on way. that wouldn't be on my list. If it if it were Grand Rapids, Michigan, I would be thrilled. Right, I think so too. Yeah. All right. Thank you. It's a very important point. That's right. The issue is not the, the state in 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 my uh, in my suggesting here. Uh, the issue uh, is the city i mean theoretically if one left if one is from new york city uh, and one went to a non-college campus town in upstate new york it would i i guess it would be similar to my suggestion uh cape coral florida jane hello jane hi dennis i've um loved listening to you in fact i met you at the Minnesota State Fair, I think in 2007, with my two daughters. You did some cross-thing with your knees at the time for my daughter, Margaret. Oh, my God. My oh, oh th- that is hilarious. How old was she? She was seven? about five. Uh-huh, uh, right. One was seven, one no, was th- five, I think. Yeah, that's the age that finds that uh, amusing. <laughs> yes. Well, so wait a minute. And, so and now, I was, I now she's twenty-two. <laughs> One is twenty-two; that's, the that's other funny. is twenty. Yeah, right. Yeah. And um, I also told you at the time when I was pregnant with the second one, I craved hearing your voice for some reason. I couldn't get enough of it. It was very comforting. Oh, my, my to me. voice and pregnancy—it's well known. It's well known. Yes. How, 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 anyway, how it helps. Yeah. Now they are 20 and 22. Um, they were raised in Minnesota, liberal Minnesota. Um, we have moved to Florida since the youngest graduated high school. Um, we pay for their college. And um, 
Anyway, uh, one daughter, the older one, did take a year off last year and worked at Target in the Twin Cities, and that didn't seem to change her. However, of the two, she is the more open to discussing conservatism, but they are both very liberal. Um, hmm. my, my solution to her, to both of them, um, was if you want us to pay for the college that I asked her semester that they listen to three or to six total, three longer ones and three shorter PragerU video. Wow. I like that idea, not because I'm Prager. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager, Ultimate Issues Hour, and it's really the ultimate prescription hour, unlike almost every other Ultimate Issues Hour. I'm trying to think of a way to minimize the chance that your child become mean which is uh, synonymous with woke. You can't be kind and woke. It doesn't, they don't go together. Woke makes you a meaner human being. And bitter, unhappy, ungrateful, often depressed. So how do you prevent your child from uh, doing that? And also, obviously, so often alienated from you, uh, usually a, a quite loving parent. So I'm thinking of a year of confronting reality, having to make a living as, for example, being a waiter or waitress, and doing so outside of a big city, and ideally more in middle America, let's say I just choose it, being a waiter or waitress in Lincoln, Nebraska, for example. You have to deal with people, you have to make a living, and you have to meet Americans who are not like the ones you grew up with in L.A., San Francisco, Chicago, Philadelphia, or New York. Okay, let's see what you have to say. Very interesting calls, obviously. Greenville, South Carolina. Kimberly, hello. Hey, what a pleasure. Thank you. Um, The reason for my call-in is I have a family member whose daughter, sweet homeschooled kid, And once she went out into the world and she became a waitress, I don't know if the woke culture just took her in, but she has changed. She wants nothing to do with God, and um, she's all in for the LGB community, and Black Lives Matter is all on her Facebook and um, has turned her back on her Christian upbringing, heartbreaking to the family. So what did she do after the equivalent of high school as a homeschooled kid? What did she do the next year? I think her family's hope was, you know, like a Christian college. And um, from what I hear from other family members, she was quite smart, talented, just had so much going for her. And... um I, I don't quite understand what happened. She, like, ran away, got married, and um, then, like I said, um, because she didn't have that education, she went into waitressing. And not long after that, 
she... Um, oh, so she guess, was woke prior to the waitressing job. Um, that I don't know about, but it yeah, seemed uh-huh. like when she started waitressing, she got in with the round crowd. Yeah, that could happen. Listen, uh, I, I thank you for the call. I just want everybody to know I don't have a guarantee. There's no such thing. The culture is spectacularly influential on people. If you live in a culture that has child sacrifice, you believe in child sacrifice. If you believe believe in a culture that that denigrates people because of their race or religion, then you believe in that. Not everybody. The outliers are the only people who do good, but most people. It's very, very hard to resist the crowd. It's funny because there's a law in Exodus, do not follow the majority to to do bad. (laughs) How many people know that that's a biblical law? Okay, let's go to Steve in Los Angeles. Hello. Hi, Dennis, long-time listener. Uh, You're really on to something here. I've been a waiter for 40 years, and my father was a waiter before me, and he hadn't even, uh, to expound on your point, he insisted that as a psychology student should be forced to work in a restaurant for a year because you are exposed to every conceivable emotion. People are there on their first day. They're there on celebrating their their 50th anniversary. They're there to celebrate something or they're there to commiserate. Uh, I think it's a great idea, and I think people will learn something about life and, quote, taking care of other people, okay? And as you said, when you're taking care of someone else, you can't really focus on yourself. You can't, if not if you're doing a good job. only area I might disagree with is sending somebody to Nebraska (laughs) or the middle of America. I think my my subtle adjustment would be if you live in Manhattan, you got to get a restaurant job in Queens. You know what I'm saying? Or a Brooklyn. Okay. You know, <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> Queens is to Manhattan as Omaha is to Queens. <laughs> so that's a good point. I uh, thank you. You folks are you folks are a total pleasure. Hi everybody, Dennis Prager here. Ultimate Issues Hour, third hour every Tuesday. What do you recommend in order to inoculate your child against the vapid and mean-spirited and anger-producing wokeness that many uh, succumb to at college. And I I suggested a year of working, and my specific suggestion was that a waiter or waitress, and even more specifically, in a small city. Uh, Let's go to Philadelphia and Diane. Hello, Diane. Hi, yes. I love your idea with the gap year. And I'll make another suggestion is living at home. If your kid really, you know, is one of those top elite students, I live right outside of Philadelphia, that you can commute to Villanova, St. Joe's, Drexel University, a Penn Temple, Westchester, um, uh, Swarthmore. I mean, literally within driving distance. So um, I suggest A gap year is not a bad idea, but also living at home. If you're lucky enough to have parents that are willing to keep their child. I mean, everybody where I live sends their kids all over this country to go for liberal arts. Boston University for liberal arts. We have Westchester for liberal arts. And I know they don't have 200,000. Like, it's 
drives me crazy. All these kids are living away at college. I don't know if they think the government's going to be paying for it at the end, but I find it, like, I just think this whole country, the parents are all indoctrinated that they use college as a boarding school. I mean, I've had parents look at me like I'm crazy because my daughter's living at home, and she was a very elite student, and she could have went anywhere. And it has been a bit of a struggle kind of convincing her that it was a good idea but the peer pressure is real because people like people be like, oh, you're living at home? Like it's an odd thing to commute into Philadelphia when you live ten miles outside. That's the funny. City. They don't they, they don't think it's an odd thing to live at home after college. That's the irony. Right. And my point is, so my you, your 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 point is extremely well taken. I love the idea. I think a multi generational. Listen, you know, a lot of different age groups around you. Doesn't, and I love the way it is harder to become woke when you're home. Oh, right? right? It's harder to become woke when you're home. Oh, and obviously you agree with your suggestion. <laughs> I was adorable. She agrees with what she said. Ah, I lo- see, I'm telling you, that's why I love bouncing ideas off you. There is a word for this, what I get from the radio show, collective wisdom. It's a great, great term. Yeah, that's something to be considered. Oh, but I want to go away, Mom and Dad. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. We'll give you a certain amount of money that we're saving by your staying at home. We'll just hand it to you. You know, go every summer abroad. With this money. Very, very nice one. I like that. Sarasota, Florida. Jackson, hello. Hey, Mr. Prager. Uh, Big time fan. I I just want to say my parents were lucky enough to uh, have met you at the Freedom Club in Minneapolis uh, last year, and they had just great things to say. Uh, Say, I I have worked in the restaurant industry. I started, my parents always instilled in me that you got to just work. They're not going to give us money. You just got to work. So I started working in the restaurant industry about 14 years old, worked through high school as just an after after school job. And then when I went to college, I actually went to college in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, my parents and I being conservatives, thinking that we would get a, uh, a conservative uh, worldview going to a school like that. And unfortunately, uh, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't what we thought. And so I, I did continue to work in uh, restaurants as I was in college just for extra money. But uh, I, I would say that we're getting too far away from this. you got to go to school right after. I like the gap year, but I'd take it one step further. Some of these kids need to go to trade schools. I mean, we're going to get to a point where these plumbers, electricians, uh, people like that with actual skills are going to be able to charge whatever price they want because no one bothered to learn anything about the actual trade. So. I think that, what are, uh, what are you doing? Thing. What are you doing professionally? Uh, I'm actually a, a professional fundraising consultant for members of Congress. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> I know. So I my, couldn't have guessed my, that. My, yeah. Yeah. No. My my school my schooling led me through a, a government affairs um, degree, and I parlayed that in some internships in D.C. and. You know, one thing led to another. Well, anyway, uh, listen, listen to me. Uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, uh, is it, 
the, you've given me another another thought on this. I need to remember all this and write it up as a column, suggestions on how to prevent your child from becoming a bad human being at college. And uh, here's another good one that you mentioned. You worked through high school. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Why, why do you have? To, why would one have to wait till the gap year to be a waiter? Why not be a waiter during high school? Unfortunately, they give so much homework. I'm I'm completely opposed to homework. They give so much homework that you can't uh, live that life. Uh, perhaps I don't know. I don't know the answer. Well, maybe on weekends, maybe you could be a waiter or a waitress on the weekends. See, here's the here's one of the points that needs to be made. The more you understand reality, the less likely you are to be on the left. Leftism is a, is a rejection of reality. It's a make-believe world for children. Mean children, I might add. That uh, that would be good. Colorado Springs, Dean, hello. Uh-oh. Not a great connection, Dean. <laughs> I don't know. No, let me let me no, 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 let me put it this way, Dean. The connection from the gentle the men on Mars. No, I mean the men on the moon was clearer. I feel bad. <laughs> it really did remind me that, however. Earth! Earth, can you hear me? Uh your suggestions are incredibly helpful. But you you have to think this through if you have a kid in high school or, or even elementary school, you have to think you're not immune to having your child become a bad person. You know, I'm looking at your calls and they're so intelligent and you know I don't praise listeners. I never patronize you ever. Uh, But they are all so intelligent and so helpful to me to bring to a large audience suggestions on how to prevent your child from becoming uh, meaner and stupider as a result of becoming woke, because that's exactly what happens to them. So let me uh, let me summarize some. Please don't hang up. I may even be able to take one, but at least let me summarize, because these are good. Austin, Texas, and Lee, don't wait for college. Prepare kids when young to maintain their values. Well, that's clear. The question, of course, is how to do that. Maybe having them work at a job earlier, as I said earlier, as a result of one of the calls, is a a great way of doing that. In addition to religion, in addition to what is taught at home, in addition to homeschooling, uh, let's see, in rural Missouri, Russell homeschooled six kids, suggests making kids pay for college. That's an interesting one. Hold on there. Liberty, South Carolina, Bob says, don't even bother sending your kid to college. Listen, you're not going to get an argument from me on that one. Culver City, David says, studies show college graduates are more likely to have kids and stay married. My response to that is that was true. That is not true now. Kids are taught at college that marriage, essentially, uh, is completely unnecessary and probably will even deprive you of uh, 
of your independence and uh, for women will make you dependent upon a man which is despicable and awful and disgusting and so on. I read for the first two hours I, I addressed that whole issue of the educated single woman and how college educated and how much less likely she is to get married. So that would be my immediate response, David. I wish I could take your call. Uh, Huntington Beach, California, Carl. Kids worked in hotel and high school that helped pay for college. Yeah, that's a good one. That's what that's right. What else did you say there? I'm looking on the line. And they met all kinds of people. Yes, I know that. That's correct. Also, Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, made the, their daughters work. She made her daughters work as teens and went to college and then became nurses. Well, nursing is its own problem, woke-wise. All right, and John, all right, John, Stephen Lee, Russell, David, Kim, thank you for calling. You've got to think this through. The odds are college will hurt your kids. It's not inevitable. I just said the odds are. You have to figure out what to do. I'll see you tomorrow. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.